Welcome back. Today we have Christine Connor here to interview with us. Thank you for being on my podcast. No problem. If you'd like to introduce yourself, please. My name is Chris Connor. I've been a certified dental assistant for 33 years. On the subject, um, I've had family members as well as in-laws and acquaintances who have had a problem with addiction. And some have been successful in treatment, and most of them have failed. Thank you for opening up that introduction and letting us know your personal stories. No uh, we'll roll right into our first question with the interview. It is, where do you see the need for more rehab centers for patients who need help with opioid misuse? I would think in rural areas, because a lot of the times they don't have transportation. Um, you know, in the city, it's it's easy to catch a bus or, you know, things are closer together. Um, rural areas, you're depending on people to catch a ride with or, you know, it, they're definitely not out there. So you have to travel and a lot of them don't have accessibility. Thank you. And do you find that rehab programs are being personalized to meet the needs of each patient? Do you have a personal story? I don't think so. I think they're standardized. Um, at least that's what I've been told through family members. But again, with addicts, you don't always know that you're getting the truth from them. Sometimes they are just making things sound what works for them um, or what makes you feel sorry for them um but I do hear a lot of the same story which is you know you go in you sit in a room and share your stories and then you get your your methadone and which is basically just another addiction it's 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 not a a cure so you do believe that um Patients that are addicts are simply, you know, going into programs that are already addicted are just realistically going on to methadone and becoming addicted to... Trading one addiction for another addiction. Correct. It's, it's not mm-hmm. a cure. It's not a, a step down. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they're achieving by that. Well, the research does state, too, that, you know, addicts that are going into these facilities to try to receive help with their addiction are becoming more addicted to both methadone and the other medication prescribed Suboxone Mm -hmm. um, or Suboxone, however you'd like to pronounce it. So um, it is definitely hard to really understand if a patient is in fact getting that personalized care. I do agree with you with regards to are you fully getting the truth I know that we've Mm -hmm. discussed prior to the interview that you know family members go in and because of HIPAA things are not allowed to be breached so that person that is the addict is in fact coming out and telling you their truth right and do we really know the actual truth I think it would be helpful if they gave um or encouraged maybe the person to select someone that they can talk to in the family or share information with the family so that you do have both sides you know your your addicted family member and the institutions 
side, um, you know, so that you can have some kind of conversation and be in on it somehow, you know, they do have, they get to a point where you have family involvement, um, But it, you know, we were shut down by our family member. Okay. Um, because he did, he just, it, the whole program just wasn't working for him. Okay. It just didn't. It still hasn't. This has been going on for 15 years. So it works for some, and, it doesn't work for others. But he never left. Wow. You know, okay. so he's just in and out, in and out. So I guess that kind of ties in with your feelings about the quality of services provided to patients who suffer from opioid misuse. Um, it seems your perspective is frustrated in a way when it, it comes is. to family. Um, you know, we were talking about whether it's in the city or, and I was saying it needs to be in rural areas as well. He does not live in the city. And yet they, when they're done in the um, inpatient and they go out, they still have to go to the clinic to get their methadone, but they don't have transportation. And you mentioned prior to so the interview that it was an inconvenience with timing. You can't get there. How do you get there? Yeah. You know, and then they're only open within a certain time slot. How do you get a job and say, oh, sorry, you know, I'm an addict and I have to go to my clinic and I have to get my methadone because now I'm addicted to methadone too. Right. You know, so it's, it's, um, it's a mess. And do you feel that our healthcare system is up to date on providing care to these types of patients with opioid misuse? I don't. You think we could do better? I do. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And who do you feel should be held responsible for the funding of more rehab centers to be put into place? The Big pharma? pharmaceutical companies that started the mess, for sure. So big pharma would be your go-to to supply mm-hmm. funding. And do you believe that the government should be fully responsible to pay for the patient's treatment programs, such as inpatient 12-step programs, detoxing medications? No. That should all be on big pharma. Do you believe that opioids are better regulated through healthcare systems with the use of electronic prescriptions, seeing what you see regularly on the dental side of things? I think it makes it difficult for the doctors to prescribe it to people who need it because they are so, they have somebody over their shoulder questioning what they're doing all the time. I'm sure that there are doctors, uh, there must be, who take advantage of that or overprescribe or, or whatever, but I mean, I know where I work, it's not. It's very conservative, and yet, you know, you worry that when you do, that, you know, something's going to come down on you, you know, so it's... it's. So you feel that providers crazy. are certainly more worried and more scaled Oh, I know now. they're worried. I was telling you before about my, my husband who had his knees replaced and was sent home with no pain med. He was sent home with Advil and screaming in pain and called up the doctor and he did not want to give him pain med. Didn't want to, and this was a day after surgery. Didn't want to give him anything. 
For you a know, total knee replacement. Total knee replacement. He had wow. two knees replaced within the same year. And the first one, he didn't need anything. The second one, he was like, he was like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, he's in so much pain. And I'm, he was telling us all these different things to do. And we were back and forth with that doctor for like two hours on the phone before he finally broke down and he prescribed him two pills to get him through the night to Walgreens because it's a 24-hour pharmacy and said it's, it'll be easier to deal with the pain tomorrow mm-hmm. during the day. Right. But here's two so you can sleep. So it sounds to me, too, that's, that... That's just wrong. <laughs> right. Just, and it sounds... It's crazy. That they're, like you, you, you had mentioned, you know, they're worried, doctors, physicians, you know, they're worried about over-prescribing. And to me, at least, I feel that there's really not much incentive anymore for them. Well, no. When the pharmacy's not pushing them anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess... Go ahead. So what's the cycle there, though? If, if you have the government, you have them paying Big Farm for development, and then you have Big Farm who's <laughs> pushing the doctors to push their drug, who's creating this issue, and then you're going to have the government paying to correct Big Farm's issue. It's a cycle. I say you put it all on Big Farm, and we do not pay for them because it's private industry. Okay. Let's go back to capitalism there. Make it or break it. Very nicely said. <laughs> um, so I guess our last question is, the topic is with regards to the opioid crisis and why there is such a need within the city of Baltimore. Um, the overdose rate is significantly high in that area. With that being said, you did summarize what we can do as citizens to help with this issue. Um, what are your recommendations for improving the services for opioid misuse? Have they looked into why it's so high in that particular city as opposed to any other city? I think they would have to get into why that city. So do you believe maybe just mental health issues in just that regular area of Baltimore? Um, So we can say mental health, maybe abuse and violence. Um, What are they doing with their police department? That's a very good question. Um, Right, are they defunding their police? I think they're tying their hands and they're letting all those dealers come in and um, they're doing what they want to do. Okay. So realistically, for improving the services of opioid misuse, I don't think that they can put in, even if they put in all of the centers that they wanted to in Baltimore, right in front of all of those addicts and put them in there, once they do their stint for rehab, which is usually 30 days, and they send them back out on the street, they're sending them right back out to all of their buddies who have not gone through rehab and their dealers who are lined up right outside across the street and they're going right back into the arms of the people that they love. So prior to this... Who are just putting them in there. Ship them out. They can't be in the same area, in the same environment... That they've already been in. That's what they know there. They need to go someplace else and get a totally fresh start. I've had... 
two people that I know who have gone to rehab, who've left the state for their rehab, who have totally kicked it and have kicked it for years, gotten married, got a nice job, bought a house and started a family because they left Connecticut. They've left the state, they went to rehab out of state. They now live in the state that they went into rehab for, um, but They've been successful. Been totally successful. They come back, they visit on a holiday, but they don't stay here. Okay. And they, when they come back, they don't visit their old friends. They visit family only, and then they fly out. They stay here two, three days max, and they're out. Yep. So it's not to get into that again. Because out there, they never had it. They have no connections to it out there. They don't even know who to contact for it out there. Right. A new start, fresh beginning. It's a totally new start. So to our viewers, Miss Miss Christine Connor um, pretty much states that there is a need for more rehab centers within the rural areas due to zero transportation and the inability to get to the rehab centers due to the zero transportation. Um, She believes that the programs are standardized with regards to meeting the needs of patients and that she's truly not getting the full truth from a loved one. Um, So be that she's been in a... uh, She's had a family member who has, you know, suffered with the opioid misuse and she's quite frustrated with regards to the topic She feels that Big Pharma is responsible for the opioid misuse and feels that Big Pharma should be fully responsible to pay for patient treatment programs. And she discusses that the healthcare system is definitely good with regards to electronic prescriptions. However, it makes it very difficult for the doctors to prescribe those opioids to patients who do need it most. Um, obviously regarding her story with her husband, um, he was not successful in getting the pain medications that he did need. Therefore, um, her recommendations for improving the services for opioid misuse are to really have a patient start with a fresh start to send out a person that has an addiction or opioid misuse to a different state where they can start over they have new friends they don't know any of their dealers or the ability to really find opioids um, just because it would be a new start so um, that is christine's interview for us today and i appreciate your time my pleasure thank you very much for being here and i hope our viewers enjoyed our discussion thank you sure